Island Church in Galveston, Texas, welcomes you to our podcast. Be encouraged by Pastor Rusty Martin as he teaches the Word of God. For down through the ages, I have attempted to protect the church by keeping them out of sensationalism to keep them in the supernatural. But so much today in entertainment, in in, in communication, in many different areas has turned toward the sensational in every area. Therefore, people expect it. They expect it in their spirituality. They expect it in their churches. They expect it in their worship. They expect it in their praise. But no, that's not of me, for I am a supernatural God. And I will come and manifest myself in such a way that you will know that this is of God and this is of God because it agrees with my spirit. Because there is much out there that will titillate your flesh and cause you to think that is of the Lord. But it's only that which is deep in your heart, which causes a knowing on the inside of you. That is what you can put your stamp upon and say, that is what God has spoken unto me. And you will see my word will line up with it, cause faith to come, and you will see the provision manifest of that which I have said. This morning, if you will, turn to Colossians. Colossians chapter 2. Now, we're going to begin to get into what I call the Pauline revelation or the Apostle Paul's revelation of who we are, what we have, and what we can do in Christ. But I'm going to begin it this morning by what I call, and I may do this same message twice. You say twice, I'm going to do it at the front end and I may do it again at the back end. I'll add some more to it or whatever, but I'm just going to attempt to get this over into your heart and into your spirit so you'll see the importance of what we're saying with this subject of redemption. Now, first let's read the scripture and we'll we'll expound on it a little bit. Uh, uh, Colossians chapter 2, verse 6. Now notice what it says. It says, As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in Him. Now notice that again. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, So walk ye in Him. I looked at several translations. Most of them say about the same thing. One of them actually said, the way you got into Christ, you walk in Christ. Uh, The way way that you got saved is the way that you continue in these truths. Uh, There's all kinds of translations, but they literally mean the way you got saved is the way this operates. Now, this is very important because when we begin to teach what I call um, need-based doctrines, I mean, you know, if you're suffering with sickness or disease and I'm teaching on healing, your ears perk up. You know, if you're you're fighting a financial problem and and you know, you need uh, finances to come into your life, then, you know, we teach on prosperity, your ears will perk up. But you've got to understand, you have to have a foundational reality in you of who you are, what you have, and what you can do in Christ. That is what Jesus died for you to have. Because every need of your life being met is connected directly to your identity. You say, what do you mean by that? It's connected to who you are, not what you're trying to get God to do. So much of Christianity exhausts their prayer life trying to get God to do something He's already done for them. Now think about that for a moment. I mean, you you all know your testimony about how you got saved more than I do. But maybe you walked up here and got saved. I don't know. 
But anybody that would walk up here, we don't get 40 people in the altar praying for you to say, now, here's come. Bob Jones is here this morning, Lord. Now, we really need you to save him. So we're going to take some time and pray that you'll answer us from heaven and bring salvation to Bob Jones today. Amen? No. All we would do would be to follow that which God says in His Word, Romans 10, 9, and 10. If he believes in his heart, confess with his mouth, God raised Jesus from the dead, he shall be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So you got saved. See, I used to ask this question to Bible school students. I'd ask them, how'd you get saved? And all of them had this, this very spiritual answer. Well, you know, this God drew me here and I said, no, 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 no. no. Not how did God save you. Not, not, that's not the question. Not how did God save you, how did you get saved? Well, that's an easy answer. Oh, I believed in my heart, I confessed with my mouth that God raised Jesus from the dead. So, as you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in Him. Therefore, it behooves every believer to get into the Word of God and make their own discovery, discovery about what God says about them in Christ. And to do what with it? To believe it in your heart and confess it with your mouth. I started it 35 years ago. I still today have what I call my redemption, redemptive confession. What I believe in my heart, what I confess with my mouth about Rusty. Thank you, Heavenly Father. I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. He that knew no sin was made sin on my behalf. Because of that, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. Thank you, Father. I was buried with Him by baptism unto death. That like as Christ was raised from the dead, even so I also walk in newness of life. I was crucified with Him. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the, in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved and gave Himself for me. Thank you, Father. I walk on serpents and scorpions over all power of the enemy. Nothing shall by any means harm me. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the earth. Thank you, Father. I, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Thanks be unto God that causes me always to triumph in Christ Jesus. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. Every tongue that rises up I shall condemn. Thank you, Father. Jesus has been made unto me wisdom, sanctification, redemption, and forgiveness of sin. I am blessed with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I'm accepted into the beloved. I could just go on and on and on. I do that literally almost every day, if not every day every other day. And I've done it for years. You say, why? Establishing the reality of my identity. Because if you never establish the, uh, the reality of your identity, then you're going to live by the identity which you see, touch, taste, and feel. The problem with a lot of people is they think they are what they see in the mirror. I'll never forget when we were, Lee and I, when we first went to the Philippines years ago, we were in this conference and we're teaching on redemption and, and we'd been going several days and the Holy Ghost had been moving and, and, and all these beautiful Filipino people were there and, and I said, your problem is you're a Filipino. And you know, you could have heard a pin drop. I did that up in Houston in a friend's of my church. It was a, it was a Hispanic church, uh, uh, Joe Trevino's church. And I said, your problem is you're a Mexican. And they were like... I knew how Davy Crockett felt at the Alamo. <laughs> but your problem is you are what you think you are instead of what God says about you. Yeah, you are a Mexican. You are a white man. You are a black man. You are a, uh, an Asian woman. Whatever your, your gender, your, your geographical location, whatever it is, you think that's your identity. You're wrong. That's not how God sees you. 
God does not see you Filipino, Mexican, white, black, Hispanic. He does not see you like that. He sees you in Christ. So first, this begins with revelation. Everybody say revelation. Now in Matthew 16, don't, don't turn there. Jesus said to his disciples, he said, Who do men say that I the Son of Man am? Well, they said, well, some say you're John the Baptist, others Elijah, uh, others Jeremiah, one of the prophets. Then Jesus said this, but who do you say that I am? And Peter, he chimed up and said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Now, Jesus said something very unique we need to pay attention to. He said, blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto you, but my Father that is in heaven. Listen, all reality and truth begins by revelation. Revelation is above that which the pastor preaches. It's above that which you get by listening to a CD or a podcast. It's above that which you get in a crusade. It is that when, it is that when God comes into your human spirit and unveils from the source a reality, a truth from the Word of God. It begins with salvation. You didn't know how to get saved. You didn't know what salvation was. You didn't know. I mean, if somebody would have said to you, how do you get to heaven? You'd say, I don't know how to get to heaven. I guess be good. I don't know. But then one day, revelation came to you. Someone was preaching. You were listening to a radio broadcast. Maybe you went to a Billy Graham cruise. Whatever it was, number one, you got a revelation that you were a sinner. No one can get saved until they get that revelation. As long as you think you're good enough to go to heaven or that you can do something good enough to go to heaven, you will never ever see yourself as a sinner. But if you ever get a revelation, I'm a sinner, then the next revelation will come right on the heels of that, I need a Savior. And then the greatest revelation comes right on top of that, Jesus is the Savior of all mankind of all people. And all of a sudden, you knew you were a sinner. You knew you needed a Savior. You found out Jesus was the Savior. Then you found out all you had to do was accept Him by believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth that God the Heavenly Father raised Him from the dead. And when that happened, you got born again. You left the human family and you came into God's family. And when you left the human family, it is God's desire by the Word of God and by the Spirit of God that you cut all the identity cords in between you and the human family. That's where a lot of people get into trouble. Because they fight to stay or maintain what identifies them as a human being. But you're not a human being anymore, honey. You be in Christ. I said you be in Christ. And when you begin to realize that God wants to reveal to you the reality of who you are in Christ, and it only comes by what? By revelation. And as you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in Him. So you're going to have to start taking these scriptures and do what? You're going to have to start believing them in your heart and confessing them with your mouth. And this, that, that, provides the dilemma. But I'm going to help you with that today. You say, what do you mean that provides? Because you are taking time out of, you are taking time out of trying to talk God into do something for you. Which you shouldn't be doing anyway. But see what you do when you take time to try to talk God into healing your body or blessing your finances and you're confessing scriptures and you're doing this or you're doing that but you don't have the foundational reality that all this already belongs to you, then you're going to get very frustrated trying to talk God into doing something He's already done for you. 
Amen. I mean, well, Breland, you know, Breland has a nice bed to sleep in, nice house to live in. She goes down to the refrigerator and opens it up and gets anything she wants and never asks, not one time. She's never, hey, Dad, do you mind if I get a snack? She's never even asked. She's never even asked. I mean, just, you know, something sitting on the table, whatever it may be. Doesn't even ask. You say, why? Because there is a family connection. I said, there is a family connection because of birthright. I said, because of birthright, that in reality, she should not have to ask for anything that belongs to her because of her birthright. Now, you have a birthright in Christ. God has begun that with the revelation of you being a new creature. Your second scripture, you can turn there. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if any man or woman be in Christ, he or she is a new creature. I could go through several trails. You're, you're a new being. Uh, you're a new person altogether. Uh, uh, you're a new species of being on the planet. I mean, you, you could come up all types of translations and paraphrases all throughout all the, all the Bibles that have been printed. But in reality, God is saying to you, if you get born again, you are now a brand new person. Now listen, as opposed to the word changed. Religion will work overtime to try to change you. But God has made you brand new. It doesn't say you're a changed creature because change denotes change. Uh, We're enjoying a beautiful, beautiful, one of the prettiest Sundays we've had in a while. Amen. I guess a a precursor of spring. But they're saying by Tuesday it's going to be gray and raining and foggy again. So it'll change. But then it'll change back. But it'll change and then it'll change back. See, change always leads to more change. But God settles it once and for all. Once you're born again, you are now what the Bible calls a new creature. That's how God sees you. That's what the Word says about you. And that's what defines you. That is the major cord of identification that should be connected to your spirit man on the inside. You're not male, you're not female, you're not black, you're not white, you're not expanded, you're a new creature in Christ. Because everything else can be challenged. You say, what do you mean? Everything else can be challenged. Listen, we got men that think they're women. We got women that think they're men. We got, we got white people thinking they're black people. We got black people thinking they're white people. Everybody thinks they're Mexican. Come on, church. You know it's true. This is Texas. And all of that can be challenged. I've used, I've used it for years. I've used the, the illustration for years. You know, challenge me on my, on my, on my masculine identity. And, you know, pull out a gun and, and say, you know, Rusty, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to blow your head off unless you deny you're a man. You know what I'm going to say? Everybody know? Where's my purse? <laughs> I'm not going to die over that. Amen? You say, deny you're white. I'm going to say, what's happening? 
You say, deny you're from Texas. I'm going to say, welcome to Ireland. I don't, whatever you want. I mean, I'm not going to die over any of those other minor chords of identification. But if you came to me and said, listen, I want you to deny that you're blood-bought, deny that Jesus is your Lord, deny that heaven is your home, I'd say, honey, go ahead and pull the trigger. To be absent from the body is to be present with Him. That shows you how strong that cord of identification is on the inside of you. So every day you ought to jump out of bed, hit the floor and say, thank God I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. Your ears need to hear your mouth say that. The more you say that, the more your ears hear that, the more it drops into your spirit, the more it becomes a reality. And the more, because it sounds so abstract to so many people when we, when we make statements like, you're not a poor old sinner saved by grace, when everybody else out there in religion says that. When you're not sick trying to get healed. See, that people right there, their bodies tell them, you got fever, you got pain. The doctor says, look at all the prescription bottles. And we get up and tell me, well, you're not sick. You're just being tempted. That sounds so abstract. I mean, for years, I struggled with that for years. First, I guess first five or six years, I was really serving the Lord the way I should. I just went into the ministry. Lee and I were just married. And I'd heard Brother Hagin say for years. I heard him say it for years. I'm, I hadn't had a headache since, what day? April of... Something 1933, I'd think, good Lord. You know, I hadn't, I hadn't been sick one day since, you know, whatever day it was that he got raised up from the deathbed. That was April something, I mean August something, 1933. I'd hear him say, I heard him say when it was, well, I hadn't had a headache, hadn't been sick in 40 years. Hadn't been had a headache, hadn't been sick in 50. And I thought to myself, one time he was at Lakewood holding a conference and he was, he had a cold. He's wiping his nose, honking his nose, all this kind of stuff while he's preaching. And he made the statement, hadn't been sick, hadn't had, the, hadn't had a cold in 40 years, hadn't had the flu in 40 I thought to myself, you sick now, are you sick right now, buddy? <laughs> Always realize there may be people that know more than you do. He made that statement in that conference right after that that totally cleared it up and it became a revelation to me. He said, I haven't been sick in 40 years, but that doesn't mean I haven't been tempted. You say, what do you mean? Everything that comes against the reality of who you are in Christ is not the reality. It is a temptation. You're not a poor old sinner saved by grace. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You're not sick trying to get healed. You are the healed of God using the Word of God and the revelation of your new identity in Christ to drive out every symptom, every disease, no matter, no matter how long it takes. You're not poor trying to get rich. Why, you're a, you're a royal generation. You're children of the King. You use tithing, offering, giving to do what? To appropriate that which you need down here on the planet. Amen? If you'll begin to do that, you've got to start by what? As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in Him. Therefore, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man, any woman, be in Christ, they're a new creature. Everybody say, I'm a new creature. Say, I'm a new creature. Say, I'm a new creature. 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 In Jesus' name. Now shout about it. Now, the next part of it. Therefore, if any man or woman be in Christ, they are what? A new creature. Old things have passed away. Now, this, this is where we struggle. Because a lot of people hang on to old things. Amen? 
I mean, I don't know why. I guess it was just grace. I got up off the floor after praying a prayer with Billy Graham, got right with God, and I just knew I was delivered from everything the devil tried to put me in bondage to. I went and got all my rock and roll records and I threw them away. I didn't give them away. You say, why didn't you give them away? Because I don't want to put that on somebody else. Amen. I got all my drugs, all my drug paraphernalia, all my, my little black book. Anybody ever have a little black book? Full of sin is what it was. I tore it up. I threw it all away. I threw it all away. You know, you stand there by the, by the trash can with it all torn up and thrown away. And the devil will say this to you. What are you going to do now? And I'll never forget what I said. I'm going to serve God. I'm going to serve God. But I still didn't have that revelation. I mean, I was 20 minutes getting up off the floor from praying and getting right with God. But God put a man in my life, Mark Hankins, wonderful traveling minister, who's a tremendous redemptive preacher. And I knew we knew each other when we were little kids. His dad pastored in West Columbia, Texas. And he, he teaches on redemption, still does to this day. And he sent me, I never forgot, I got it in the mail, this big box, and there was just like five tape series on who you are, what you have, and what you can do in Christ. And he began the series by saying, I can preach on this all day long. I can talk about it all day long. I can shout about it. We can dance about it. But until you begin to believe it and walk in it, it's not going to do you any good. And you're going to struggle to receive from God because you will think that faith is trying to talk God into doing something for you but God has already done it for you what faith is is the ability to see who you are in him and walk in it and let go of what the old things some of you in here do you good to just go do a good house cleaning you say what do you mean by that some of the music you listen to some of the pictures you've kept See, now, and he said, now you don't. You quit preaching, you went to meddling. No, I'm just trying to help you. <laughs> Amen? Yeah. I mean, all that stuff, you have to realize, has a presence and power to it. I saw a deal the other day. I'd never seen it before. Back when I was wild and crazy, we snuck into a... a uh, 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 at the Sam Houston Coliseum, we had a way we could sneak into concerts, and we snuck into a Michael Jackson concert. And I'd been, to, I'd been to rock and roll concerts. I mean, you just about named the old band. I've been in their concerts. But I want to tell you something. There's something about Michael Jackson that was a little different. And there was a presence that went out into the crowd that I never saw on any other musician or any other band. I mean, it was, it was so strong that people begin to take on that nature. They begin to make his facial. They, I mean, it was crazy. So the other day, uh, I, just, I was thumbing through my phone and there were things that come up on the, uh, you know, uh, some of them are people that preach, stuff like that, stuff from South Texas where I deer hunt. And there was a thing that said 30th anniversary of Michael Jackson. So I, I pushed on it and it came up and it was his 30th anniversary at the uh, Madison Square Garden. And he was singing this song and the whole crowd was identifying with him. They were moving. Their facial expressions... There was uh, 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 Elizabeth Taylor, Macaulay Calkin were standing there on the stage like this, just making his facial. Listen, that shows you how strong identification is. And when you add a spiritual realm to it, which is music, 
or you add some, and you begin to pull people into that, that's, listen, those old things draw at you. The old music, the old lifestyle, the old feelings, the old places, they draw on you. But listen, as we study the death of the Lord Jesus Christ, and as we're going to study being crucified with Him, God has given you a place to die to all of that so old things can pass away. You can die to the addictions. You can die to the lifestyle. You can die to the disease, to the sick, to poverty, to like whatever it is. You just have to use the power of the cross so that all things can do what? Pass away. I've told people before, they said, struggle with this, struggle with that. I said, man, go, go get rid of that high school annual that shows you stoned out of your mind. Because see, we hang on to things we think are treasure. And they're trash. Boy, that went over big. <laughs> Amen. I got rid of all that stuff. You say, well, old things pass away. And if you can identify with old things passing away, guess what the next one is? Behold. That means look and see. All things are new. Some of you need some new stuff. I said you need some new attitudes. You need a new heart. You need a new way of thinking. You need new ideas. There's all kinds of newness that begins to come to the new creature when he begins to realize who he or she is in Christ Jesus. Now, real quick, real quick. If you'll excuse us today, Pastor Lee and I, we've got a family in the church that had a death in the family. We have to go do the funeral out of town. So we'll wrap this up and you can get to the restaurant before the Baptist. Hallelujah. Now, everybody say, I'm a new creature. Say, I'm a new creature in Christ. All things have passed away. Behold, all things, all things are new for me. Now, go down to verse 21 because I want to do these two. This one is so powerful. Verse 21, let me get the right page here. For he, he being God hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God, righteousness of God in him. Actually, you could read it like this. God made Jesus to be sin for us. Jesus knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. In Christ or in Him. Now, this is where you want to make your religious folks really mad. Because the subject of righteousness in Christianity is very touchy because of a lack of revelation. Righteousness means right standing with God. That's what it means. And what you do as a believer is you share in Christ's right standing. Jesus has allowed you to step into His righteousness. Not, listen, you can become the greatest evangelist the world has ever seen. You could raise up a thousand orphanages all over the world. You could raise up hospitals. You could raise up churches. You could raise up, you name it, all types of benevolence, costing trillions of dollars. You could be the world's greatest person, but that will not buy you one ounce of righteousness. One bit of it. The only way... For an unrighteous human being to be righteous is to get in Christ. Once in Christ, you step into a righteousness or a right standing with God provided for you. This should remove inferiority. 
This should remove guilt. This should help you tie into the family aspect of who you are in Christ, seeing God as your heavenly Father, Jesus as your elder brother who has taken all your sin and unrighteousness, help you to see the Holy Ghost as someone who abides and empowers you forever and helps you in your prayer life to be able to go boldly to the throne of grace so that you might obtain mercy in time of need. It helps you fellowship with God. It empowers your worship. Listen, I, man, I was listening one time to a radio pro- broadcast. I was driving down to uh, Corpus Christi to preach in a camp meeting. And uh, a guy was, a, a denomination guy was preaching on righteousness. And of course, you know, I always picks on faith people. You know, that, those faith people, those faith people. You know, that's the way. And, that, and I'm telling you, the biggest heresy of the faith movement is they, for some strange reason, think they're righteous. And then, of course, it always goes back to the Old Testament scripture in Isaiah that, you know, your righteousness is filthy rags. And using that and trying to describe a Christian. You can't do that. I said, you can't go back in the Old Testament, drag out a scripture and use it to, uh, to identify people who are born again. But what was amazing about that was, is even the tone of his voice, even the way that he began to say that, there was such anger. It's like by the time he got finished talking about how, how unrighteous we are and how crazy the people that believe that we are righteous are, he was, he was fuming mad. I thought, I wonder why he's so mad. Amen? I never got mad at a doctrine that I didn't disagree with. I just walked in the light of the doctrine that I had. The reason is, is because religion always tries to get you to a place where you try and justify yourself. I had missed a service in a year. Gave in every offering. You know, that's, that's pride. That's spiritual pride. Then somebody walk in here not even saved, come in here and God saves them, fills them with the Holy Ghost, heals them and gives them a million dollars on the way out the door. What do you do with that? But you must understand, part of your identity is righteous. You're not obtaining to it. You're not someday going to be righteous which brings us to the reality of the in Christ revelation is that everything you got through redemption and the new birth is now a part of who you are. Therefore, you must grow up into that just as a little baby born into the human family is born with everything that it needs to be a human being. Amen? You say, what do you mean by, you take a little baby, we've got several little babies around here in the church, say, well, you know, one day, they're going to be a human being. <laughs> you go back there in the nursery and say, look at all those human trying to beings. <laughs> no, they're as much a human being the day they are born than the day they die. They are much, what happens in between? Growth and development. They grow up into the reality of what they've been born into. Therefore, you as a believer, has, you must grow up into the reality of what you have been born again into. And you've been born into Christ. You are a new creature in Christ and you're the righteousness of God in Christ. It is who you are. And if you see who you be, quoting Mark Hankins, if you see who you be, it will change what you do. It does not work the opposite. You say, what do you mean? I'm going to change what I do. I'm going to change what I do. What are you using? You're using willpower. 
Say, I don't like my attitudes. I don't like anger. I, I'm tired of being mad. I don't like every time I get a friend, I lose them because I blow my, blow my... No, no. What you need to do is you need to get in Christ. You need to begin to what? As you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in Him. You need to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that you are a new creature in Christ. You need to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that you are the righteousness of God in Christ. And there's some, what, 230-something other in Christ scriptures that you need to look at, meditate on, and confess over yourself till the reality of who you are in Christ is the greatest reality of your life. And when that happens, you will begin to get a little bit of an inkling of how big redemption is. You say, why? The only way I can describe it is when you're born, there are what they call markers in your DNA. They've studied so much about that now where they can even tell if, you, you know, you may be susceptible to some diseases or, or some type of, uh, uh, you know, negative thing in life by studying your, quote, DNA. Your DNA is based on your inheritance. You got your DNA from your mom and dad who got it from their moms and dads, who got it from their moms and dads, who got it from their moms and dads, all the way back to Adam. So spiritually, there has been a DNA deposited into mankind. When Adam fell, his DNA fell. He became separated from God. Sickness came in. Disease came in. Poverty came in. Lack came in. All of this negative stuff came in. But when Jesus came and died on the cross and rose from the dead and opened up the invitation to the world. Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. What he was doing was saying this, Come to me, come to me, get in Christ, and if we could check your spiritual DNA, you will see that you had it like this when you were in the human family, but when you got into God's family, it did not change. It was made brand new. You got a brand new bunch of markers. And instead of that marker saying, susceptible to brain cancer, it says, susceptible to divine health. Instead of it saying, susceptible to poverty mentality, it says, susceptible to riches and blessing. Instead of it saying, susceptible to addiction, it says, susceptible to deliverance and being set free. And what you do is you get into the Word of God and you look at your new, brand new DNA and you begin to believe it in your heart. You begin to confess it with your mouth. And that begins to lay the foundation for your faith to operate. Amen? Amen. Amen. Symptoms try to attack my body. Immediately, I speak to the symptoms. Then the source of them than the one that gave me the right to speak to the symptoms and the source of them. Amen. It's not, it's, not a, it's not a wrestling match to try, oh God, I'm not feeling good, could you please? And you know, we can make it sound so spiritual. Please reach your nail scar to hand down. Place it upon my fevered brow, oh Lord. I even think there's a song like that. But listen, everything from death, sickness and disease, the church has tried to make excuses for. I'll close with this story. I was in, uh, it's in Tennessee. I'm trying to Humboldt, Tennessee, and I was preaching a revival meeting there. And, and God bless Tennessee. Amen? We're going we're to have a speaker from Tennessee in our fall harvest. We're going to get Brother Eddie to come. But anyway, this is, everyone in Tennessee thinks they're Elvis. They comb their hair like Elvis. They sing like Elvis. And so they brought in this guy, and, and, and you know, he got up and sang this song just like Elvis. 
I mean, he sounded just like Elvis. And it was this sad. I mean, he had people wiping their eyes and blowing their... And then at the end, he had this real uplifting testimony that was this. God needed another baritone in heaven. That's why he took Bubba three years ago, which was his son. That's why he took Bubba three years ago. And now Bubba sings baritone in the choir of heaven. Of course, everybody was, oh, hallelujah for Bubba, you know. And they turned the pulpit to me. <laughs> so what I said was this. I mean, I was hot when I got up there. I said, let me tell you something. Buddy was sitting right on the front row with his wife. I said, let me tell you something, sir. God didn't kill Bubba. And his wife punched him, boom, and said, I told you God didn't kill Bubba. Quit saying that in churches. <laughs> but our mindset, they get so religiously tainted that sometimes we don't realize it. And we have a day off and we're like, oh, I guess I'm just a poor old sinner. Yes, I ain't my grace, but I'm just a poor old sinner. <laughs> or I'm sick, or I'm broke, or I'm... Listen, you can't just confess healing scriptures, prosperity scriptures, and expect them to work without the foundation of your identity. Because then, then you're exhausting yourself trying to get God to do something for you based on His Word, which God cannot be manipulated. So He gave you a new identity in Christ as a foundation for applying to your life everything that He's given you through the inheritance gotten by Jesus through redemption. And as we take our time and go through some of these scriptures to begin, for you to begin to see who you, have, who you are, what you have, what you can do in Christ, they will set the foundation as you believe those things in your heart. Do we, do we have those? We have a bunch of redemptive confessions of scripture they've got them out there if you need to pick some up get them out there just start every day saying them. you say well pastor that's not a revelation to me it will be if you'll believe it in your heart and say it with your mouth that's the best way to get revelation is to use your 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 belief tools your belief system thank god it's not like your cardiovascular system thank god it's not like your digestive system which is so complicated it's a simple system it's what you believe in your heart it's what you confess with your mouth becomes real to you and as you start doing that with redemptive scripture, you'll, you listen, old things will pass away. All things will become new. And you'll stand upon a foundation of victory. No matter how defeated you may look, you will never accept that. Because you will be standing in the victory of who you are. And from the standpoint of your victory, you fight every battle. You don't fight into the victory, you fight from the victory. Their way, that way you are assured of success in everything you face. Amen? Amen? Lift your hands and thank the Lord. Father, we worship you today. We glorify your name. Everybody say, Heavenly Father, thank you. I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. All things have passed away. All things are new for me. Thank you, Father. Jesus was made sin for me so that I, through him, might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. Thank you, Lord. I'm a new creature. Thank you, Lord. I'm righteous. I believe it. I say it. I'll never let it go. And I thank you for it now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on, somebody rejoice. Thank you, Lord God.
We thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord. Now, let me, one more point. You know, a lot of preachers, they, they, they keep preaching after they're through. I try not to do that, amen. But there's a term that is used in a lot of psychological, psychiatric, and that is the term poor self-image. And there's a lot of factors that can lead to poor self-image. You could have been abused. You could have had a bad life, upbringing. There's all kinds of stuff. But I want you to know, no matter what you try to do psychologically to improve your self-image, it is nothing compared to what God has already done for you in Christ to give you an image of who you really are in Him. You in the spirit realm look just like Jesus. Let me say that again. You look just like Him. You carry His victory. You carry His, you carry his royalty. You carry His righteousness. You're a new creature. And in the spirit realm, I'm t- if you could just see yourself for a fraction of the, a second in the spirit realm, you'd never doubt again. But God didn't design the system that way. He called the just to live by faith. By faith we're new creatures. By faith we're the righteousness of God in Christ. By faith we're the healed of God. By faith we're the prosperous of God. And we use our mouths and we use our, 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 our hearts to appropriate and pull that into our lives and live in the reality of it. And it's the greatest reality you can ever live in. And one of the great things about it, you live in it long enough, you live in it long enough, and the day comes for you to step over into the other side, it won't be a hard, it won't be a hard choice. You say, what do you mean by that? It won't be a hard choice because you're already living in the reality of it. And you can just make a decision, well, I think I'll stay a few more months, a couple more years, or you can say, well, yeah, time for me, I'm out of here. You say, I don't believe that. Study the Apostle Paul. He said, I'm in a straight between two. Whether to leave or stay. For me to leave is better for me. But for me to stay is better for you. So I think I'll stay a little while longer. Thank God he did. He wrote two more books. Amen. So you say, is it, you think it's really that powerful? It's that powerful. It's stronger than death. It's stronger than anything on this planet. And if you walk in the light of it, I guarantee your life will radically change because of the newness God has given Amen. Thank you for listening to Island Church's podcast. To find out more information about Island Church in Galveston, Texas, visit our website at islandchurchgalveston.com.